Hello, Miss Fitz. Hello, Miss Vit. It's time for morning meeting for Friday, April 24th. Oh, we made it through another week. We did. And it's been a week of such wonderful special guests. And so to keep that going, we have another special guest today, which I'm very, very excited about. But first, uh, I guess I should give you the answer to yesterday's riddle. And Mr. Fitz actually guessed this one. He was so excited. <laughs> the more there is of me, the less you see. What am I? The answer is darkness. The more oh. darkness there is, the less you see. Yes. yes. Very difficult. Only Mr. Fitz was smart enough to solve it. I said it. <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Ready for the joke? I'm ready. Why did the computer show up late at work? I don't know. Why? It had a hard drive. <laughs> I heard laughter. I like that one. Oh. Can I introduce our special guest now? Please do. Oh, so I'm extra excited because this is a really book themed podcast that we have coming up today. And we have a friend of mine that I'm so excited to have here. Kit Ballinger is our special guest today. So Kit is a very talented reader. She is a librarian. She works with all sorts of nonprofit organizations. We actually met at the Library of Congress. And I like to call her a professional reader because her job, her presence, her whole jam is finding just the right book and giving it to just the right reader. You might recognize her as the lady who gives you the books on Wow in the World and Kids Place Live. And with those very impressive things on her resume, she's here with us today, which is so exciting. So welcome, Kit. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks so much for inviting me. Oh, this is going to be fabulous. But let's start with some bright spots. Uh, Miss Bit, do you have a bright spot for your day? I do. I do. This morning, I got to get on a Zoom call with a whole bunch of MozFest Wranglers. And Miss Fitz, I know you know what that is. Yes. <laughs> our audience Kind of a not. confusing term, right? I know. <laughs> MozFest is the annual celebration that Mozilla puts on. It's like a conference, but it's not like a con it's not like any other conference I've ever been to. It's like somebody put like a disco ball and a bag of glitter in the middle of a conference and just like turned a fan on. Yeah, and then it's all about technology and literacy and creativity and just everything. And I had the honor of being a wrangler, which is somebody who organizes a floor in this case of activities. And I I was part of wrangling the web literacy floor. And being a wrangler, it's a lot of work, but it's also a big, you know, badge of honor and connects you to the, these people all over the world. So, you know, this morning there was like 30 of us from all over the world sharing and laughing and yeah, it was just great. How about yourself? I want to hear from Kit next. Kit, do oh, you have yeah. a bright spot today? My bright spot is, is a little bit strange, but cinnamon. <laughs> so. Cinnamon. Tell us we, more. <laughs> we, this is just one of those weird things that like you don't really realize how much you use it or want to use it until you don't have it anymore. Oh, and no, we've been yeah. out of cinnamon for weeks in our house. And so I finally got some cinnamon in the mail this morning. And so I used it this afternoon to make a chai concentrate that's like a bunch of different spices, including of course cinnamon. And I just mm -hmm. added some to a mug of tea. So I am enjoying this wonderful conversation with you all and a hot mug of chai. Oh, I love chai and cinnamon. And I just learned as we were prepping for this podcast that Kit is also a trained pastry chef because there's nothing that you don't do. 
So now it I'm wondering. It makes it really hard to not have cinnamon in our household. What, you can imagine. What you, I'm just thinking about all the things that you're going to bake with this cinnamon. We will link to Kit's Instagram on our resource page. But if you follow her, you will see lots of really impressive book stacks, but also so much baking, like more baking than <laughs> I ever thought a person could do. And they all look beautiful. But my bright spot is not delicious or international, but it's, it's a simple pleasure today. I have had some trouble reading, had some trouble focusing on books, which is unusual for me, and it's had me kind of down in the dumps. And I started a book earlier this week that I loved, and it just like woke that reading joy back up, and I loved it. I finished it last night, and I got that kind of, my students and I call it a book hole, when you finish a book and you're like, oh, now what do I do? And I had that reaction, and then I was like, oh, a book hole. I'm reading. Yes. It, was, it was very exciting. So if there's any young adult readers listening, it was called After the Shot Drops. It was like a mix between the crossover and the hate you give. And it was, I really, really enjoyed it. And that kind of brings us to our first question for you, Kit, since we're talking about books and reading. I want to know what's the best part about being a lifelong reader and a professional reader. And while you're answering that, you can tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what kind of being a professional reader looks like. I am very fortunate that I come from a long line of readers. So reading was always a priority for us in our household. Public libraries have always been a big thing. I'm actually the third generation to head a friends group for a public library. So my family has always been big advocates of public access and like easy access to voluntary reading. So for me, being a professional means that I get to have the joy and the privilege of reading constantly and recommending books to people to try and encourage them to read for pleasure. It's a special position, I think, because I'm not grading anybody on their reading. I'm not evaluating anybody on their reading. I am mm. trying to just encourage them to incorporate it into a lifestyle that, as I think you know, Ms. Fitz, has really dramatic impact on kids' academic success oh, yeah. and how they connect with books over their sort of academic livelihoods. But really reading for pleasure is my big push. Reading for fun makes kids want to read more. And the way I come at it is I read very, very broadly and encourage kids to read um, until they find the thing that brings them joy. If parents want to help their kids become lifelong readers and set up that habit of reading for pleasure, it seems like now is a good time since we're all spending so much time together, whether it's lovely or forced or however you see it. What are some things that families and parents can do to help kids set up those habits and make reading something that's joyful and fun? That's such a great question. I mean, for me, number one is let your kids read what they want to read. And I'm a broken record on this. I say it about as often as I say graphic novels are books. That's one that I get a lot of pushback from, from a lot oh, yeah. of adults. They don't really think of reading graphic novels as reading. In fact, it is reading. It's creating incredible visual literacy skills on your kids. I could talk about that for an entire other episode if you'd like to sometime. <laughs> But really, it's, it's reading for fun and letting your kids connect with what really draws them into a book. And that will be different things on different days. Uh, but it also means letting your kids say no to some things, too. And I, again, I'm not talking about what they're reading for school. I mean, if they're in a literature circle and they have to read a book and they're not loving it, well, yeah, that happens sometimes. I mean more letting your kid read 20% of a book and decide, you know, this is not the book for me. And it may take four or five books like that where they pick them up and they put them down before they find something that really clicks and being mm -hmm. flexible in letting your kids read 
what they're drawn to is a huge thing that you can, that you can do as a parent. Also, I would say parents that model literacy tend to have kids who connect more with reading themselves. So pick up a magazine, pick up the newspaper, pick up a book, and even if you're reading to yourself, you are modeling for your child that reading is a priority and it is something that can bring you pleasure and bring you joy. Oh, those are good. Miss Bit, I, I know you are a big pleasure reader now, but I didn't know you when you were younger. Have you always been a big pleasure reader? Is that a habit you picked up later? No, I've always, I always have loved reading, but I'm very, uh, my, my range hasn't changed much. I'm um, <laughs> science fiction and fantasy is, you know, my, my jam. And I, I do pick things up occasionally to try other stuff out. I guess I like historical fiction too. That was, that came later. But I do find it's harder the older I am to like have the patience to try something new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a realistic fiction gal myself. That's, I could just read realistic fiction all day, every day. I have been getting lots of questions from parents what, as school has been closed. They want to share books as a family, uh, but it's really hard to know what book is going to engage kids and siblings of all ages and parents and bring everybody together. So can you suggest some five-star books for families to read together? Yeah. I mean, what she said is really, it's a great point. We have a little more time to do that, but we also have slightly more limited resources right now, like with public libraries closed, school library being closed, um, access to books is a little bit limited. And I feel like that sort of makes it a little high stakes that the books Mm. that you pick feel like they, you need to get it right because you have fewer chances to, to try it out. So that's, that's tough. I will say one that has really hit home for us and reads aloud well, and is one of those books that is both timely and timeless, is the new Wayside School book. Do you know the Wayside School series? Sideways Stories from Wayside School, which is from, you know, the book is 40 plus years old at this point, and just had a new edition come out in the series, book number four. And it's Wayside Wayside School Under the Cloud of Doom. And many of your listeners are probably familiar with the series, but in this iteration, uh, a cloud of doom has settled over the school and is creating just utter chaos within it. And then everybody eventually is blaming the cloud of doom for all of the bad things that are happening. So it's sort of a uh, sort of guilty and then a pretty reasonable scapegoat. But it has very short chapters, um, each of which starts with a funny little spot illustration. Uh, So it's easy to pick up and put down for reading aloud, which covers a range of ages. Because if you have kids Mm -hmm. with the younger, kids on the younger side or kids with a shorter attention span, it's easy to just read one chapter. But if your kids are really into it and a little bit older, you can read two or three chapters in a sitting. So that's one that has gone over well for us. Also recently, I would say I'm loving some of the creative nonfiction that I've been reading. The kinds of books where you read them and you like, when you're reading them, you want to sort of slap somebody next to you and be like, oh my goodness, did you know that? And then you kind of fill in the blank. I do that to Miss Bit a lot. She can't sit next to me while I'm reading. I'm a smacker, yes. Slack, right? (laughs) That like arm smack. I love, I love a book that makes you stop and say, oh, I had no idea. Did you know that? These are often like longer form picture books. So picture books for older readers. I'm a huge fan of picture books well into the teen years. And honestly, in our household with two middle schoolers, we read picture books at bedtime more than just about anything else. Like it's been a, it's been a while since we've had a good run on a chapter book. We loved the Vanderbeekers series and hit a lull after that last one. But we read picture books together all the time. So I'm thinking 
you know, there's a new book out called Bringing Back the Wolves, How a Predator Restored an Ecosystem. It's like a long form nonfiction picture book with a good enough amount of text per page and um, fully illustrated that you really just sort of want to dwell on it. And it really lends itself nicely to reading aloud. And it's factual, but it's also just fascinating. So pulls in a range of interested readers. And I think, you know, one thing we also talked a little bit about was audiobooks, which I'm a big fan of. I Um, am a big fan of those. And those I I used to associate with road trips. Mm -hmm. And very few of us are in the car and traveling these days. There are some wonderful streaming resources if you don't have a CD drive in your old school laptop or anything. And I will say there, there was one in particular that stood out for me recently. It's the audiobook called Stand Up, Yumi Chung by Jessica Kim. And it's about a shy girl who ends up at a summer camp studying to be a stand-up comedian. And it's about her new friendships that she forms there and her relationship with her family, who would rather she focus on academic work. Uh, and the mm. audio production of this was terrific. So stories like that that are both funny and entertaining and well-produced can be a great thing to bring the family together. Mm-hmm. My realistic fiction sensors are, are going off. <laughs> <laughs> Kit and I share a love of Jason Reynolds, who is our current national ambassador to young people's literature. And Jason Reynolds is, he's just an artist in all the ways. And he is a really incredibly talented writer and poet. And through his platform, he has put together what he's calling the Write, Write, Write series. And they're all homophones, so I can't. <laughs> I was going to say, that, that, it sounds so much different than what I'm reading. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you'll have to see it. But what he's doing is posting a writing prompt every, I think it's every week, and inspiring writers to just pick up their pencils and write, even if they don't feel like it, even if they're not 100% inspired. I think the thing that really sets Jason Reynolds apart is that he is so dedicated to helping writers find their authentic voice. So not trying to write the next classic, not writing poetry because it's assigned to you, not writing what you think your teacher or your parent wants to see, but writing what's in your heart, writing what gets you excited. So if you are a writer and you're looking for a new way to get engaged and find your authentic voice, or if you're not a writer yet, but you're curious about it, you've got to check out these write, write, write prompts from Jason Reynolds. In honor of Kit's appearance, we are challenging you to create a book fine poem or a book spine story, which is where you stack books on top of each other and use the words on the spine to create a poem or a story. Takes imagination, takes a lot of patience, but this is such a fun, wacky, new way to use books and to put kind of a plot together. And we have a sample from Kit from her Instagram. I will be posting the sample that I created on our Instagram tomorrow when this episode goes live. And we also have a Bookspine Poetry Gallery from School Library Journal that we will link on the resource page so you can take a look and get inspired. Okay, can I just read one of them that you posted in this thing? (laughs) You know what I love? World Rat Day. Kids are weird. (laughs) (laughs) So those are three different books. The top book says, you know what I love. And then the middle book on the spine says World Rat Day. And then the bottom one says kids are weird. And so they're not supposed to be a story, but you put them together. I I love that one. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, so good. Ms. Bitt, did you want to share this last resource? Yes, this last resource is 
probably geared toward educators, but I think anybody should be interested in it. Uh, School Library Journal is bringing a panel together, and it has one of our friends of the show, Melissa Techman, who's a high school librarian here, and hopefully we'll have her on the show in a couple in a week or so. But it's called Digital Resources for K-12, and it's going to be a live webinar this Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and again a list i'm sure there's going to be just a great list of resources that we haven't seen before we haven't thought of before maybe is free now that didn't used to be free of resources that we can use at home almost like we enjoy free resources yeah a little That's, seems out of character i don't know <laughs> kit thank you so much for coming before we wrap up we promised that you could guess the riddle Oh, so, this is a lot of pressure. I actually knew the darkness one, but but now I know oh, why didn't I ask? Oh man, ah, it's okay. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm guessing you'll know this one. So you can just say I know it, but you can't spill the beans for our younger. Oh, listeners, okay. okay, okay, okay. So our riddle for the weekend is: What building has the most stories? <laughs> I know. Ooh, that was a very knowing <laughs> giggle. <laughs> so once we stop recording, then we'll hear if you have the right answer. Okay, that sounds great. Right now, all of our listeners are going, I know it, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> Kit, thank you so much for being here. Yes. I, could, I could chat with you all day. Oh, thanks to you both. I really appreciate you having me. And remember, if you want to hear more from Kit, we'll link her Instagram and you can also catch her on Wow in the World and Kids Place Live, talking about books, giving you great stuff to try. Whew. Okay. Lots well, of stuff for you to do this weekend. There is. So, Miss Fitz, until yes. tomorrow. Tech love and happiness.